Hi, welcome to Your Cron, short for Your Chronicles. I'm your host, Scott Pitney. Your Cron is a podcast where we chronicle ordinary people and their extraordinary stories. We refer to ordinary people on this show as people who are non-celebrities. Our goal is simple, entertain our audience and perhaps even inspire and educate. At the same time, our guests build a part of their legacy through this unique audio opportunity. So let's get right to our next extraordinary story. I'm very pleased to announce our next guest. Mark Hernandez is the owner and founder of People and Pets Energetics, LLC. He is a holistic practitioner, certified body code and emotion code practitioner, Dr. Bradley Nelson, certified advanced ASH work practitioner, Rudy Hunter, that helps people and their pets when they have hit the wall with health or well-being issues. His work is non-invasive, safe, gentle, and yields results at times immediately and in other instances over time. He offers consultations in person at holistic fairs and remotely by phone or Skype. He also gives live demo presentations for his healing work, both in person and online. For further information about Mark and his work, visit his website, peopleandpetsenergetics.com or his Facebook biz page, People and Pets Energetics. Mark, welcome to your prom. Uh, thanks for having me, Scott. It's great to be with you and your uh, podcast listeners tonight. Well, great to have you on. So, where is a good place to start your extraordinary story? Yeah, I guess I will start with maybe one of the more recent chapters, uh, maybe how I got into my healing work that I'm now doing. So, uh, to start that story, uh, it really started about 10 years ago, uh, so around 2000, 2008. At the time, I was uh, teaching at colleges and universities, and I noticed at the time that certain patterns were repeating in my professional life. Uh, things were going well. I uh, was teaching Spanish and Hispanic studies, uh, and I noticed certain things kept on popping up that really just didn't make any logical sense. So uh, my, uh, my choice to address the situation, I called my brother. Uh, one of my brothers is uh, a doctor of integrative medicine. So he's a Western-trained medical doctor and does much more. At the time, I was living in Boston, and my brother suggested that I work with an energy healer that was based out in New Mexico. So for the next two months, like uh, I had uh, two sessions, two hour-long sessions, and where we worked on some stuff. And over those two two sessions, I noticed some things change. Not everything changed, but as you know, that needle started moving, and it had been completely frozen. So that got my attention. Uh, a couple of years later, I called my brother back and said, "Hey, you know, I want to learn that energy stuff because uh, what I know is that we all, every one of us, all your listeners have the ability to do energy work, and um, you know, like everything, uh, I had that baseline, and I think I came into this lifetime with a couple extra helpings. So with that, uh, he suggested I start working with some energy healers, doing training, certification, 
And so for the last 10 years, I've been doing training certifications, and to this day I learn something new every day. So uh, that's kind of how this most recent chapter started. And uh, when you say the needle wasn't moving, of course, that's a, a metaphor. Um, can you go into a little more detail about what, what you mean by the needle wasn't moving? Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Um, when I was teaching the universities, I, I noticed that it, it always seemed that for whatever reason, it didn't make logical sense. I, I was always being held to a higher standard than most. And... Um, uh, during my time teaching the university, I wrote a book and articles about Hispanic studies, Latin America, and Latin the United States. And maybe for one person, for you know, standard was you have a book and articles so that was great for promotion. Uh, for me, it seemed to be maybe I need like two books and more articles, and for someone else, it was maybe just one great article. So uh, what I started noticing is that I started getting more breakthroughs, uh, more. Uh, professional breaks started happening at that point. So that's what I meant by, uh, had in mind when the needle started moving. And mm. yeah, I started having more expectations that were uh, in alignment with what was that for most people. Mm-hmm. And your brother is a medical doctor, and he kind of got you into the holistic side of things. Uh, had he always been a, a believer in holistic or is that something that changed in his life over time or, or how did he uh, I guess get into the the area where he uh, felt strong enough to refer you to down that path yeah yeah he's been basically a holistic medical doctor for over 25 years he, he originally started out you know, to med school here in the US uh, was doubly uh, board certified in emergency room medicine and uh, internal medicine, and for many years, uh, you know, was an ER doctor. And you and your listeners may know that the life of the ER doctor is pretty intense. They see a lot of trauma. They have really long hours. You know, it's, it's gratifying work, but pretty intense. So um, he realized uh, during when he started out more as a quote unquote traditional medical doctor that there was more that. You know, he was helping his patients as a Western medical doctor, but he realized there was more. And he started, you know, venturing out, learning more in nutrition. Because to this day, I think most Western medical doctors in the U.S., nutrition isn't really an integral part of their study. You know, Western medical doctors are great in heroic situations. There's like an accident, you need heroic measures. Excellent. And also, you know, for heart attacks and heroic situations, but for more, um, could we say, maybe slow-moving, uh, quote-unquote, chronic illnesses, um, yeah, the tradition, traditional solution in Western medicine is to get someone a pill, you know, and again, if people need have diabetes or blood pressure, they need that medicine or extreme pain, you know, you do what you need to do, but if there's some time on the clock, uh, you know, people are starting to venture out. To say what else is out there? How can I help my patients better? So for the last 25 years, he's been doing uh, um, integrated medicine. So yeah, he still does all the blood work, all the stuff that traditional doctors do, but he can also hone in on other uh, layers that are probably locking into place people's issues. And uh, he's based out of Austin, Texas, right now. Hmm. 
you might be interested, uh, well, you both may be interested in the podcast that just debuted this week. As a matter of fact, with uh, we, refer him, we refer to him as Medical Bob, of course, for patient confidentiality yeah. reasons. But uh, he, he, he was an ER doctor as well, so uh, uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah I, I listened to part of that. Uh, ah. that it, actually, I listened to the interview. You know, uh, my brother used to tell me some pretty, you know, wild stories of things he would see in the, the ER room, especially in uh, you know, county hospitals when he was like an more an intern. Yes. Um, yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's more, uh, as you've uh, alluded to by listening to it already, you know, it's more just kind of uh, spot spot stories, <laughs> some of the more memorable ones. Oh, yeah, but, but, I, but I remember about the, the story uh, you were telling about the woman that was using contraceptive and put, you know, the jelly on the so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you you can relate. I'm sure your brother can as well. Yeah. I, again, I, I tell people as a holistic practitioner, I'm not a, a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. I, I do have a PhD, but not in medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I do pretty much, what I would do, like let's say someone comes to me, let's say they have uh, issues low energy. The first thing I'll ask them is, okay, have you seen your, your medical doctor? Because Sometimes low energy is an indicator of the thyroid being off. So, you know, go get, I always tell them, go get all your tests for medical tests run, see what your medical doctors tell you, do all that. Mm-hmm. If they run all your tests and they see your tests, you know, your thyroid's in the normal range or your tests look pretty good. They're not perfect, but they're pretty good. But you still have low energy. Let's see what's going on with your energetic systems. So what I do essentially as a holistic practitioner, I have a gift for reading the energy fields of people and animals. Mm -hmm. So for your listeners, that this is totally new. Basically, we have, all of us have a physical body, which looks very solid. And we also have an energy body. The energy body is like the blueprint for your physical body. So what can happen is really, as Einstein said, we're really pure energy. Mm-hmm. You know, we look solid, and we're really, as the quantum physicists have told us, we're really kind of popping in and out of this dimension, but, yeah, we look solid. So what I have an intuitive gift for is being able to read the energy field of people, identifying and releasing what I call uh, non-beneficial energies that are locking into place their issues. So what can happen is imbalances, these non-beneficial energies can get locked into the blueprint, the energy body, and then over time, sometimes show up on the physical body as gifts, knees, or you know, pain. Usually people are in pain. So I can identify and release the non-beneficial energies in the field. Mm. You know, I, th- I think it's um, important for people to understand, like I just uh, learned a little bit more as far as holistic medicine, that it's not just purely holistic, uh, just like um, your brother was an ER, you know, medical doctor, but yeah. realized the benefits of holistic and, and found a way to combine the two. You as well, um, you know, uh, uh, tell your your clients or patients to go go get the medical test done and then come back and see me and take that information but that it's a combination of uh of well i don't know is holistic is is it a science because i was about to say it's a combination of science and holistic but uh that may have been i may have been saying that incorrectly so please correct me if i'm wrong well but one way of seeing it i think what 
hours of, of science, like medical science, you know, all that, which is important, very important. Mm. And also, other standards, spirituality. There's a lot of the work I do in the holistic world has very much a spiritual dimension. Mm-hmm. Because some of the things that people are you know, coming up with, that, that mysterious back pain that comes and goes, occasionally, in each case is different, but often it can have a spiritual dimension. And what I mean by that is people can be affected by curses. And what I mean by curses, it's not the witches sitting around the, the cauldron, you know. It, it can be, a curse can be an energy from maybe when a, a, a client was age five, maybe the teacher, you know, in passing said, you'll never amount to anything. That's like a curse energy field. Or a medical doctor that may tell one of his uh, patients, you have uh, two months to live. And let me add to your listeners, I fully understand why medical doctors are obligated by law to make these types of statements at that level, they're doing their, their job, right, of informing people that, you know, they have their best diagnosis and all that, they have X amount of time to live. Mm. At the energetic level, that's like a curse energy. Mm. And those things can affect people. Also, people can be affected by spirits and entities. Um, those can happen for a variety of reasons. Um, sometimes um, if uh, people have ever been really, really drunk, or again, uh, people have some type of drug experience. Those are moments when they can be vacating their body spiritually. And when the body is empty, that's when a spirit event and uh, affect them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. How did the connection between people and pets come about? What sparked the interest for you between that connection? motion code and body code two modalities that I'm certified in. Originally, I thought I would be working exclusively with people. And, and I had done the first certification, which was, I was doing the first certification about uh, about six years ago. At the time, I was uh, living in Asia. I was living in Taiwan. And uh, I had done all the kind of like coursework, the tests and all that. And then I was at the stage to do the practical part where I would be working with a minimum of uh, a minimum of 25 people and five pets. I had to work with at least five pets. So what was happening at the time uh, when I was living in Taiwan, I speak English and Spanish, but I'm not fluent in Mandarin Chinese. So I was running into some issues of finding some volunteer clients that <laughs> address uh, Western expat you know, to work with them. So uh, I was stuck for two months. Yeah, kind of like completely stuck. Then one fateful day, uh, one of my local Taiwanese friends he called me on a Saturday and said, hey, do you want to go ice skating? I said, ice skating in Taiwan? I said, uh, I haven't been in 25 years, but yeah, let's go. <laughs> so anyway, on the way to the ice skating rink, right next door to the ice skating rink was what was called, uh, it was a cat hotel. It was called the Castle. It was basically a place where uh, Western expats left their cats when they were going away for the suburbs or out of town. Anyway, so we see all these cats, and so uh, I just spontaneously kind of rang the bell. The owner let me in. Uh, I walked in and explained what I was doing. I was doing a certification, and could she, my question to her was, could she refer me to an 
English-speaking expat shelter where I could go work with the animal. It would help the animals with their issues. It would help me with my certification. I thought, hey, I'm would win. Well, it turns out that the owner, a uh, couple things. She was the owner. She was fluent in English and Mandarin Chinese. In fact, she translated for diplomat. And um, she was in the holistic world. And so what happened is I told her what I was doing, what I was looking to do. And she said, you know what? Uh, I'm very interested in what you do. I have people that are interested in what you do. I'll book all your sessions and I'll be your translator and you can do all your sessions at the cat hotel. <laughs> I said, really? So I went from completely stuck for two months to all of a sudden, within three weeks, I did 25 sessions with animals at the cat hotel in Taipei. So what happened, so as I was working with the, the pets, you know, my original thing was work, you know, with five, but I enjoyed it so much ago, I won. When I, when I established my practice, I want pets to be part of it. And so I was like, I want to work with people, pets, and then I was just playing with the, the word. Came out people and pets energetics. And so I wanted to do that. And then also when I moved back to the U.S., uh, my sister, another sister I had, is a doctor of uh, physical medicine and rehabilitation. At the time she had a, a small clinic. And my mom kind of as a, as a joke said, you know what? Mark, why don't, you know, on one side, uh, your sister will have her, her patient and the other, you know, other end of the building, you'll have pets. I said, it was kind of a joke, but I go, oh, people and pets, you know, it's kind of absurd, but I liked it. <laughs> and so I've been doing both. So that's how people and pets, energetics and working both people and pets came along. And the other last thing I'd like to add real quick is with, with the pets today, as we all know, pets are an integral part of people's family. For a lot of people, they're like the equivalent of their children. And uh, they love their pets very much. And I find time and time again, often I'll be talking to someone, uh, the, the person has a set of issues, health or well-being issues going on, and they have a pet, and the pet has an issue going on. Often, I find they'll, they'll ask me to work with the pet first before that. <laughs> I'm, I'm giggling because if my wife heard this, she'd be going, yeah, that's Scott. Our English bulldog comes before anything else, even me. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Guilty, yeah. guilty. So, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so they're really a part, they're, they're part, they're part of the family. And, and, you know, usually how it works, so I, I do, as I said in my introduction, as you said in the introduction, uh, I do my consultations primarily, in-person consultations at holistic fairs. Uh, you know, so I usually work with people and if, you know, sometimes the fairs don't allow the pets in, I can work with the pets remotely from the fair or wherever they are. So like when I was in Taiwan, I could work with people's pets here in the U.S. or wherever they were and help them out. Hmm. So you mentioned your sisters in the medical field as well. Is there anybody in your family, Mark, that is not in the medical field? <laughs> uh, well, let me think about that. I'm, I'm one of six. I'm one of six children. Wow. And actually, I, I, I kind of come from a family of teachers, either the doctors. Hmm. My, my parents, uh, my dad was uh, uh, kind of, he did a, a variety of things when he was like, he was a, a tennis pro, he taught tennis lessons during the summer, uh, kind of was into real estate, insurance, and my mom was a, a teacher. She's still uh, living, she's 85 now, and retired teacher and, and taught uh, in the in the bilingual edu- bilingual schools in, in San Antonio, kind of some really tough areas, 
Western, mm-hmm. West Side of San Antonio, where those kids need just a lot of love. And she gave that to them and much more. Um, and then, um, like I said, my oldest brother's a medical doctor, a holistic. I have another brother that for many years did kind of massage and Reiki, so holistic. Another sister that has like a medical billing practice. Uh, the other sister that I said does physical medicine rehabilitation. Um, let's see. And then my youngest sister uh, kind of does uh, project management. And she's up actually recently opening up to her spiritual guest. So I guess there is something in the water in our family uh, that, you know, I think that's been a big part of our, our contribution to our families, kind of teaching and healing. Yeah, yeah, y'all could uh, literally start your own hospital, it sounds like. <laughs> you got all the, all, all the components there. <laughs> um, so you mentioned the opening. How, how do you, because we, we are an impatient society, so how, how do you explain the results to clients who want that immediate gratification but may not get it right away? How, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I, you know, kind of along those same lines, is the longer that you have a client, um, does the fallout rate increase or do they uh, start to see some results pretty pretty early on where at least enough where they see some progress and they're willing to, to go at it uh, for a longer period of time? Yeah, great question. Let me give you some examples. Recently, yeah. I was at a holistic fair in Springfield, Missouri. It was a three-day natural art healing fair. Mm-hmm. And something I've recently been do, and doing, and I'll tell you why I'm doing it now at this time in 2018, is I've been offering what I call at the fair 15-minute mini-healing session. I said, in 15 minutes, we can work on one major issue. We'll release what we can. And what I'm discovering is that things are releasing pretty quickly right now in 2018. I think for two reasons, maybe. One, reason number one, I think the energies that are coming in, flooding the planet from other dimensions, are supporting quicker healing right now. Okay? So I think that's part of it. And two, you know, I think it's like everything and as a practitioner continues to do his or her inner work and, you know, always up, upgrading my game, my, my skill level, things are going quicker that uh, I was doing 15-minute sessions at the fair and people were going, whoa, I, I'm different either. Again, for some people, I remember I worked with one, one woman. She had a, she called it uh, a clicking hip, right hip issue for 20 years, okay? And it went from a level eight clicking to no clicking in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Uh, and so usually, I, and then I also had people then that they told me right there, go, I want to do more than 15 minutes. I said, you know what, just so happened with you in this session, we covered so much ground that your body's letting me know you need to in- process and integrate the changes right now. So let's book out a session. I can track it out. Like, your body, will, your body will be ready for another session in a week. So we schedule the session a week out. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding people are, are getting some, you know, changes again. Everyone's going to change at a different rate, but I'm seeing some, you know, some pretty uh, solid results. And again, as I would tell my clients, the clients decide if they're better or not, and they know. They're always the determiners of how they're doing. Yeah. Now, I mean, be so far off the mark with this comparison you know I hear people that go into hypnosis for example uh, some people just can't be hypnotized and and others can so is there any correlation to what you do to uh, are are there clients that just they just don't react well to the holistic treatment that's just not for them I always tell people, because as a rule of thumb, the people that come to me are already in the holistic space. By that I mean, it tends tends to be women professionals, Mm -hmm. tends to be women that are already maybe seeing a naturopathic doctor, excellent, maybe seeing a chiro, getting a massage, Mm -hmm. or organic eating, yoga, so they're really kind of taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Two, whatever they're doing usually works for them, just isn't working with their specific issue. And they're open for a change. Okay. Uh, now, and then the other category are people maybe that are pretty, if they're coming to me, they're in pretty excruciating pain on some level. And they can be skeptical. So I have from time to time people that are skeptical, but I tell them, you can be skeptical. 
So you said to to not go to the internet. What if I'm new to town? I've got an ache, pain, something I'm I'm already um, uh, into holistic treatment. So I'm looking for somebody. Uh, where do I go? How do I find that person to help me? Yeah. Um, or, I, I guess I, yeah. I, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Maybe what I'm a uh, better way to ask is. Is are there some trusted internet sources for holistic treatments? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I guess uh, I'm just going to answer of how I do it because even I, as a healer, I, I, I do many things for myself to take care of myself. Okay, mm-hmm. I have certain practices I like to do every day, and da da da. And there comes a point when sometimes I have blind up, I and I need outside help. Mm-hmm. So. For me, I guess since I'm already a practitioner, and I guess I, I have a lot of trust in my intuition, but I always talk to people. Hey, I have this on my plate, you know? I tried this for myself, and is it working, not working? Who do you recommend? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I I guess I always go through a referral network, and I guess I'm maybe spoiled because I have a lot of in-family in resources where I can ask them. And another Yeah, I, I 
pendulum and I ask, you know, for my specific issue, who can best help me with this specific issue? And it said, come to you. I said, oh, okay. Hmm. Okay, let's, let's go. So I think people in a different way will get intuition of a sense. Like if I always tell people, trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. If, if, you, if something looks just, you know, they look good on paper, it doesn't mean they're, they're a bad practitioner, but you just feel like, you know, I feel that value over here really can help me with this. You just get good vibes about her. You like, you know, you resonate. You know, trust your intuition. Yeah. Um, but going back to your question, I, as far as a one-shop directory, I don't know what the well maybe one, but I would tell people really, really in the end, just trust your intuition and mm-hmm. get a referral from people that, that you know, like and trust, but you know, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and always check in with your stuff. Check in with your stuff. Does this feel right to me for what I need help with? And you know. Yeah. And you've mentioned the fairs a couple of times. Are these, what type of fairs are they? Are these holistic fairs or what, what type of uh, fairs do you attend? Yeah. Yeah, typically they're, they're called, often they're called holistic slash metaphysical fairs or the psychic fairs. Mm-hmm. And there's a variety of uh, fairs. So sometimes, I guess a lot of the fairs tend to be more quote unquote metaphysical psychic where the main reason people are attending these fairs they want different types of, what I'm going to call card reading, maybe it's a tarot card reading, uh, angel card reading, or something that, they have something on their plate, and they want advice or guidance, okay? Mm-hmm. So, and those tend to be very popular down here, like in, in South Texas, in the San Antonio area. Mm-hmm. Um, others, like that here I went to in Springfield, Missouri, it was more of a combination, so you had all the tarot card, angel card readings, but you had a wider uh, number of vendors that were offering services more like what I would call energy medicine, like uh, another modality called Reconnective Healing by Dr. Eric Pearl or uh, EFT, the tapping, um, emotional freedom technique, or, uh, you know, different shamanic practices. It really varies. Mm-hmm. So these are uh, usually typically... It varies. These fairs are held anywhere from every month, depending on the city you're in, or sometimes they're once every three months in a location. And there's a wide variety. Um, on this uh, upcoming weekend, Saturday, I'll be at a fair outside of Chicago uh, called the Fest 2018, the annual fair. There, there are over like 125 different vendors. So something for everyone, from you know, crystals to energy medicine, tarot, whatever, something for everyone. Mm. So uh, people go, often these events are either free, free admission or, you know, five to $10 to enter. Hmm. Interesting. We are very excited to have a new sponsor at Yorkron. Luxury men's clothing lines Thaddeus and Tad are now combined on one website. They belong to the same family. They share DNA. Might as well have their clothes all in the same place too. Both brands are typically sold at Nordstrom's, Bergdorf's, and unique upscale boutiques. But you can find them online at ThaddeusandTad.com. Thaddeus, the uncle, is a collection of sportswear for the man who always arrives well-dressed, 
but sometimes breaks the rules. Quality fabrics are important, but so are comfort, fit, and details. Some of the pieces are washed and weathered, others more crisp. Thaddeus is designed for the man who is current and comfortable in his own skin. Tad, the younger nephew, is more rugged, more washed and weathered, but willing to learn from the past. Tad is the nephew of Thaddeus, sharing the same namesake and DNA, but interpreted for a new generation of sportswear. Tad is more casual, suggesting a more worn-in, easy look. The fit is slightly slimmer and trimmer. Tad fits the mind and body of a man who wants to put his own stamp on the traditions he has inherited. For menswear that is a tad dressy and a tad disheveled, shop online at ThaddeusAndTad.com. Mark, that you offer phone and Skype consultations. Can you talk about the advantages and disadvantages to um, to that? I mean, I, obviously, some of the uh, ones that stand out to me, anyway, is just when you do it phone or Skype, you don't have to actually have to go anywhere, which is nice. In fact, uh, I, I think you know a lot of, especially as we get older we kind of know when we have strep throat and that kind of stuff. You just hate going to the doctor to, to know what inevitably is going to be uh, prescribed and you got to sit and all that. I, I think it's, it, it would be nice someday if, if there's a way that uh, that could be done over uh, FaceTime or Skype or something like that. But uh, in, in your field specifically, what are the, some of the advantages and disadvantages? Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I add the video component if they want the, you know, that's just the face, whatever, 
Yeah, uh, but you know, it's interesting. I, I find that actually a lot of people prefer just to do it by phone. I think, um, I, I don't know why, but I would say probably 75% prefer just for to do it remotely, do it by phone. Yeah, yeah. We, I just recently um, attended a doctor visit uh, with a neurologist with a family member, and uh, I, I asked him, it was a follow-up visit, and I asked him, I said, just curious, why do you feel it's necessary to do this in person? Because this seems to me, anyway, it could have been communicated easily over the phone, and you know, he went into his explanation why, and even after that, I just kind of, I didn't say anything, but I kind of felt like, well, I still think that could have been over the phone, you know, it just, it's, um, it's interesting, the different approaches and stuff, but I, I guess I had a reason, and that's why I'm not a neurologist, because I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, again, and, and I, I was actually just recently, yesterday talking to my mom, and she was telling me, I think some of her, she's a consult, I think telemedicine for you know, medical doctors is becoming more popular for a variety of reasons. As we all know that any of us that have visited you know, a medical doctor in recent years, they're having to see X number of patients in a short period of time you know, because everything's become very corporatized. And um, yeah, so people are spending, having a pretty short visit. But I guess going back to my point, is I think maybe telemedicine or some version of telemedicine in some field, medical field, just becoming more popular for, you know, more, I guess, accepted for a variety of reasons. So I can see telemedicine especially being popular within uh, uh, rural regions, you know, where there's not as much medical care. I was recently in Springfield, Missouri, and people were talking that there's kind of a shortage of medical doctors, and often they're, you know, visiting doctors that go to the area. So I'm thinking, yeah, Yeah, that, that's a great point, uh, especially for elderly people, long drives. That's not always a good thing, especially oh, yeah. when, you're, when you're not feeling well or you're injured or something like that. And, and for the doctor side, of it, you could actually, I would think, um, have more pace, patient consultations uh, with phone or chat. someone that's never tried a holistic approach and may be curious what advice what advice do you have for them Issues, back issues that came and went for 50 plus years, okay? 
like level five, not debilitating, but running in the background. Mm-hmm. Long story short, when she was age one, she had absorbed over 21 emotions of her mom's stuff. Her mom was going through some transitions at age one. We released those, and boom, that back pain went away right then. So I would say like, like you know, people are starting out, I would say like something like the emotion code, uh, finding either a practitioner or if they're open to learning it, it's a pretty simple and powerful system. They can, it's something they can learn themselves. There's stories of kids as young as age 10 doing emotion code on their kids are really good. Mm. Or another popular thing is people that can learn if they want to be interested are called uh, emotional freedom technique, EFT, mm-hmm. popularly known as tapping. Mm-hmm. Something people that can learn again and people often notice changes. Mm-hmm. So I would say probably the most important thing is to keep an open mind and trust your intuition. Mm-hmm. It's like everything. There's some really great practitioners or some that are as great. And, you know, trust your intuition. And, and once again, I'm going to say, talk to your friends. What I'm finding is that more people are venturing out into the energy medicine world because they're seeing their friends that are getting some help. You know, they stuck with an issue and they've improved. So, you know, talk to your friends and, you know, today there's also, there's so many uh, good, like, uh, Facebook groups for everything from, uh, like, for holistic wellness for your pet. That's really good. People are very active on there. People post things and people give ideas. And there's something similar for energy medicine. Yeah, on Facebook group, like, there's, you know, uh, emotion code where people post questions and you know, give suggestions. So I, I think that those are good starting points. Mm-hmm. Good advice. And for someone that is the other end of the spectrum, you might say, that uh, is very much into it. In fact, they are interested in making a career out of it, possibly. What advice do you have for those folks? Possibly a career change, or maybe... Or, 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 or let me say, maybe they're currently a, a nurse at a hospital, but they're interested in the energy medicine and want to start moving more in that direction. Like sure, that. sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, okay. So, I'll, I'll, let me start with the nurse. Or mm-hmm. someone that's maybe already in the medical field, and, you know, they'd like to have a little bit more flexibility, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I think, again, I think a really great, and I'm a little bit biased, Emotion code is a great place to start. It'll give them a foundation into energy medicine and something they can learn. Maybe initially, you know, they start practicing with family and friends, and then they decide, you know, they want to, you know, make it more of a career of, you know, help people and also be able to support themselves financially. There are a number of, uh, of programs that help people build a holistic practice. Okay. Um, in fact, I was uh, recently on Dr. Bradley Nelson's website, healerslibrary.com, and there's some other emotion code, body code practitioners that teach people, I think, you know, a fee of about a thousand or $1,500 over like three months, teach people how to build a business. What are the essential elements? Because for most people, again, if people came from the business world and already own their own business, then it's not 
not as big a transition, but if this is your first time to own a business, a type of course like that and others would be very helpful. Um, would you like me to do the architect real quick? Sure. Yeah, that's that's an interesting okay. one. Absolutely. Okay, so someone that's going to make more of a, you know, quote unquote, radical career change. Mm -hmm. What I would say, advice number one, start your training, start, you know, looking around what interests you. Uh, let's say it's the emotion code or another thing that's really good. I'm going to throw this in. This is applicable to the nurse too. It's called uh, Donna Eden. She has a book called Energy Medicine. And she has a whole series of levels of training that people can learn energy medicine, which is also very effective. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that's Donna Eden. She's been doing this since the late 70s. She was really, she was really out in Wuhan land in the 70s, but now it's very mainstream. You know, mm -hmm. she was ahead of her time. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so Mr. or Mr. or Ms. Architect and start, you know, exploring. Advice number one, keep your day job. <laughs> if you're doing a radical career change, mm -hmm. it's going to be most likely something you're going to want to do in phases, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do, do your training, certifications, you know, do one of these, like, emotion, how to build your emotion code, body code businesses. Those are very helpful. And that, that transition may be a little bit longer than the nurse that's already in the healthcare profession. So once you go out on our own, is up. You know, I think that's great advice, too. And, and that can apply to so many things about getting the business training because there's so many folks that are very good at their craft, uh, whether they're a brewmaster or, or whatever it is that they yeah. love doing. And, and they're so fortunate they found a way to make money at what they love doing, but they kind of overlook the business part of it. And, and in, you know, at the end of the day, it is a business. So that is such a, an important part of it to study and understand so that you can enjoy uh, doing it for a living. Yeah. Can I throw in one more resource that just came to mind? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Please. Okay. Uh, I'm currently doing this course. It's called uh, Visionary Business School. Visionary Business School. It's uh, put on by a guy named Ryan, R-Y-A-N, R-Y-A-N, Eliason, E-L-I-A-S-O-N. Mm -hmm. It's basically an online, uh, like four month training that gives you pretty much everything uh, for social entrepreneurs. So for heart centered businesses, okay. So it you know takes into account you know where you have like we said your passion, but you also need to put into place the business elements to make it sustainable. So I, I would highly recommend that program. I initially did that when I first started my business four years ago, and at the time. Uh, when I started my business, that's my first time to own my own business. So I had a lot of learning, things that work, things that didn't work, more things that didn't work, you know, but I learned. And um, and I think that's a, another great resource. And there are other things. So if your listeners have any questions, if this is something they're thinking about doing in the future, uh, feel free to have them contact me and I'll share other resources. But these are some excellent starters. Yeah, great advice and appreciate that. And of course, we'll put the information how to get in touch with you on our uh, website yourcron.com and in the uh, information bio on your podcast mark and um, it, I again appreciate you being on the show fascinating conversation fascinating subject and um, uh, I uh, if you've heard my previous podcast you know I like to end on a uh, question 
about legacy. So uh, in leaving a part of your legacy on this audio, what do you want maybe just your family or perhaps even the world to remember about you and your story? Sorry for your loss, and uh, I tell you that those are those are great words to live by. And we have heard those words many times, and I I don't think they can be said enough. It's such a great reminder to uh, to live life to the fullest uh, each and every day. So thank you for that reminder, Mark. We will do that, sir, and thank you again, and have a wonderful rest of the evening. Okay, I will. Thank you very much.